Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. 108 News Radio 830 WCCO and each and every Saturday between 1 and 2 o'clock. It's Tech Talk. Doug Swinhart in studio. If you're having problems with your computer, hardware, software, whatever, feel free to call the program. Here are the numbers 651 989 9226. 651 989 9226. You can text 81807. That is 818. Zero seven, And we invite you to get a hold of us early in the program because uh, sometimes at the end of the program we have folks waiting online or on the text line that we haven't been able to get to. So please get in touch now and we'll ensure you get on the air. 651-989-9226. You can text 81807. That's 81807. Uh, Doug, uh, during the course of the week, uh, did you get any more people uh, getting a hold of you with concerns about that uh, pop-up from Microsoft oh. when they're in a browser that uh, kind of freezes up your computer and says, call now? I am so glad you're asking me this, Steve, because I've got an update to bring for you. I've gotten several extra calls, but in addition to that, I had a call in early May where the guy explained to me that he had this thing come up on his screen. He called the number. And he felt that he'd been duped for $446, oh. asked me to take control of his computer. I said, explain to me exactly what they showed you. How did they get you? They took him into a Windows 7 machine, opened up control panel, opened up administrative tools, went to the Windows event viewer, and went through the event viewer and said, look at all those yellow check marks. Look at all those red check marks. We got to clean your computer immediately. First of all, the Windows Event Viewer keeps track of everything. What they showed him was perfectly normal. Nonetheless, they convinced him because, well, he was an honest guy and he's a trustworthy man to move forward. And they set him up on a two-year contract and they sold him all kinds of software. And I I said, well, show me the software. Every piece of software that they sold him was a free download. And once I showed him where he could download each one of those for free, I said, he said, that's enough. I said, call your bank, get this thing canceled, which he did. This was all within a two-day period. He wanted to bring his computer over to my house to make certain it was clean. I said, bring it over. I suggested to him that we put in an SSD drive, which we did. Got it back to him in a couple of days, and off he goes. I get a call from him last Tuesday. This company, talk about brazen. This company went back to his credit card company three and a half weeks later, and they demanded the payment back. Why? Because he called them. Think about that a minute. So I said, not to worry. I will write you an email explaining everything, which I did, and I'm quite certain he's not going to have to pay the bill. But the problem with this thing coming up in your browser, this is a new twist even to me. I talk about brazen. First, you implant malware on some 
unsuspecting website that's probably going to get cleaned off in a couple hours pops up on people's computers within the web browser as a web page. They call. You go to work with your little worker, your little scam magic, take money. The people find out, cancel payment, and then three weeks later, you got your credit card company saying, well, we're going to go ahead and pay them because, well, they proved that you called them. Is that dirty or what? Mm. Have you, I, I mean, this, just brazen. And I encourage this man to also keep track of these things and go ahead and send an email uh, to the state attorney general's office because this is out of hand. This is completely out of hand. That This is what we need to stop. So be cautious who you call. Be cautious who you give your credit card com- number to. And, and just... Just be very cautious. Be skeptical. Yeah, be very skeptical about it. And uh, we, we've talked about the, the phone-in scams where they call you and say, I'm from Microsoft, I'm from HP, I'm from Dell, whatever the manufacturer, and say, we have reason to believe or we have evidence that your machine's infected. Don't buy into it. And then particularly this browser thing, um, I had it happen to me in Chrome on a Chromebook. Yeah. And they so, told you your Windows machine was infected, yeah. right? Yeah. So, of course, I did a, a hard shutdown. I held down the power button because really that was the only way to go to get out of it. Yeah, they, they actually um, are holding the browsers open. But is there another way people should get out if this thing pops up? It's a scam. Do you have any other ideas on how people need to get out of it? Yeah, you know, on a Windows machine... A cold shutdown or a hard shutdown, so to speak, is not always a good thing. Right. You can hit Control-Alt-Delete and then release all three of them at once and pull up the task manager. The far left tab, you will see the browser running. Highlight it with one left click and press End Task. And you may have to repeat that process two or three times until the browser shuts down. That's probably the best way in Windows. Now, a Chromebook... A Mac machine or a Linux computer, by all means, worst case scenario, hit the power button and take it down. Even on a Windows machine, if you can't get out of it with a task manager, just hard shutdown. It's it's better than leaving it up. I can almost guarantee when you get back and we open up your browser and your browser will ask you if you want to restore the pages. Tell it no. You don't want that page back up. And from then on, you should be clean. But this just shows how brazen these people have become. Just absolutely appalling behavior. Absolutely appalling. I can't say it enough. It's just, And my experience is people who are good, honest, hardworking folks are generally trustworthy people as well. It's not that you're stupid or I'm stupid or we're stupid. We just trust. And that's because, well, let's face it, we're honest folks. And that's why... People get sucked in, I think. So watch yourself. And really, really, I'm going to say don't call in. Don't call that number on the screen no matter what. It appears to me that a month later they're going to go and try to collect from the credit card company again. It's bad. All right, so don't contribute to it. Uh, By the way, our phone number is 651-989-9226. It's Tech Talk. We're here Saturdays between 1 and 2 o'clock. Here on CCO. Phone lines are open right now. Great time to call 651 989 9226. You can text 81807. That is 81807. And we do have some text to get to right now. Um, do you recommend a particular 
password manager. Um, and if so, which one? Well, you know, there are several really, really good ones. If you're looking for a freebie, I kind of like KeePass. Uh, as far as the free ones go, it's it's really good. It's functional. If you're looking for something that's going to cross the barriers to your mobile phone and save your passwords up in the cloud, LastPass is, is one of my favorites. There's a number of them out there. Um, if you need something portable, most of them will actually allow you to create a USB flash drive that you put in the device that will have your passwords as well. That one, I'm not so certain about. If you ever lose that USB flash drive, well, guess what? Somebody yeah. plugs it in, and they got all your passwords. So that one, to me, is not so good. But um, that, That's like writing it on a Post-it note and putting it under the keyboard. On the bottom of your keyboard, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'd be amazed the number of times I can't find a password. I flip it, oh, there it is. Flip yeah. over the keyboard. Uh, yeah, that's just not a good plan. But uh, KeyPass and LastPass would probably be my main suggestions for this. Um, KeyPass is wonderful. Just a just a great little program. Easy to use, available in Windows, Linux, and Mac. LastPass, Linux, Windows, and Mac, all three operating systems, and Android, and iPhone as well. So you, you, if you're looking for something, you want something that will cover all of your devices. Because it, it is daunting. When, when you start getting into, um, you know, if you've got your phone locked, you know, you, you pop in a four-digit code, you've got PIN numbers to remember for uh, financial instruments, debit, debit cards, credit cards, etc. And then you've got your bank account. You've got potentially credit card accounts. And may, maybe you got a car loan and you log into that uh, particular loan. I mean, you, you can have dozens and dozens potentially of passwords floating around. I don't care how good your memory is. That's hard to keep track of. Well, and as we get older, that's even starting to dwindle a bit. But more importantly than that, even if you have a system... By where you can run through several passwords. Which now, is what I do. Oh, yeah. But now a lot of the servers are tightening up their security, and they're saying, well, after three misses, you can wait an hour. Yeah. After three oh, misses, yeah. you can wait a day. After three misses, you can contact us. Well, nobody wants to mess around with that kind of time. So a password manager today truly is a good idea uh, for many, many reasons. But at the same time, you're going to want another place to save those passwords in case something happens to your password manager. And I highly suggest that you have it on your Google Docs, Google Drive, up in the clouds, underneath your Gmail. For God's sakes, don't name that document passwords or private or security. Name it dogs' names or, or kids' birthdays or something. that some, Of course, people might look at kids' birthdays, too. Name cat it something. photos. There you, you go. Know, yeah. yeah, something silly. <laughs> um, uh, Captain Kangaroo, whatever. <laughs> Name it something that people will not readily open if you happen to leave your computer open. But it's safe up in Google Drive as well in Google Docs. Uh, just gives you a second copy just in case. All right. We've got phone lines uh, filling up. Neil? Uh, Hal and Jerry are all waiting on the line, and we have a number of texts. Here's a number one more time, eight one eight zero seven. The text line eight one eight zero seven. Great way to go for all our programs, and you can call six five one nine eight nine. 9226 Tag Talk resumes in a moment. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. It is 123 here at News Radio, 830 WCCO Tech Talk. 
Doug Swinhart in studio. My name is Steve Thompson. When you call in, our studio coordinator is Jonathan Lowell. Thanks so much. Uh, 92 now and windy southwest at 23, but our dew point manageable at 62 degrees. Uh, we hear rumor that those dew points could uh, continue to move up a little bit through the day. Uh, today we, we heard uh, potentially 70 when it comes to dew points. But uh, so far, uh, 92 and windy today here in the Twin Cities and beyond. Let's go to the phone lines, get started there. Uh, we'll go to Neil. Neil, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Hey, Neil, what's up? Well, I'm not very computer savvy, but I still have a computer that has Windows 7 Professional on it. And oh. recently, I have on the taskbar uh, uh, Internet Explorer, and when I click on that, it now it keeps coming up, has stopped working. A problem caused the program to stop working. Windows will close the program and notify you if a solution is available. Close the program. But that just repeats. I can't get back on Internet Explorer anymore. Uh, is there any chance you've got Google Chrome or Mozilla Firefox installed on that computer? Yeah, I do have Mozilla Firefox. Okay. In the meantime, I want you to use Firefox. And feel free to give me a call sometime next week. I got a little running around to do Monday or Tuesday. Probably uh, Tuesday late might work or sometime Thursday. Wednesday I'll be gone too. But what we'll do is we'll connect up remotely, and it won't take us but a few minutes. We will uninstall Internet Explorer completely, and we'll reinstall it. And that will solve your problem. I've seen this happen, and generally the cause is somewhere along the line, Windows 10 attempted to download onto your computer, and we got to clear your download cache. But then we'll uninstall Explorer, reinstall it using all peer Windows protocol and have you done in oh, probably 20 minutes or so. And I'll talk to you next week, and thank you for the call. All right, very good, Neil. Let's go to Hal. Hal, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I love your show. Thank you. I've got a, a newer HP desktop, less than a year old, and I downloaded that classic shell that you mentioned before to so I could navigate easier. Uh-huh. And last night while I was gone, there was a Windows 10 update that occurred. And now when my computer reboots, all I've got is a flashing desktop here. I do not have the F keys like F8 so I can, while I reboot, I can. Yeah, we lost that in in, uh, Windows 10. Um, I don't know if this has anything to do with classic shell. Uh, the, I, I do know that when we get some of the updates for Windows 10, there have been times that you actually have to... Do you ever get to a login screen at all where you can actually press escape? Yeah, I, I believe he's gone. Oh, I, I lost it. If you get to a login screen to where you can push escape and log in, and that's where you start to get this flash, instead of doing that, Go down to the power button in the lower right-hand corner, depress your shift key, and tell it to restart. And that should take you to the same type of menu that you're used to looking at with F8 or F9. Um, and if you have trouble with that, give me a call next week. This can be a little daunting. Some of these updates are, are getting a little bit clogged, even on the new machines. And I hope that helps. Thank you for the call. All right. Uh, here's a follow-up. We talked earlier uh, from the text line about password managers. 
Uh, why aren't those susceptible to hacking and thus jeopardize all your passwords? They're specifically designed with a real heavy encryption. Uh, most password protection, uh, the password managers are really, really in tune with security. Uh, in addition to that, most malware will go after a specific software, and there's no way for a hacker of any kind to tell, well, which password manager are you using? Now, LastPass goes one step farther, and their software will actually communicate with whatever device you're using, and your passwords, through several layers of encryption, are saved on their server up in the cloud. So not only would that that hacker have to hit your computer, your software that's installed locally, then they would have to get through the net internet through your account to their server to unencrypt through their encryption layers. It's really a big job. It's um they're very well done. Most of them are just really well done. Uh, I do know that several years ago, LastPass actually sent out an email to their users that said that. For a short time, they had been compromised, but they fixed it within two hours. In addition to that, they were able to actually track down who did it, and I'm quite certain there were prosecutions, but I never got the details. And thank you for the text. That was a that was a great question. All right, let's squeeze in a quickie. Let's bring in Jerry in St. Paul. Jerry, you're on the air. Hello. Yeah, hi there. Hi, Doug. Hi, Jerry. Uh, I have a problem that when I leave my computer on, I could have it on and then leave to go to the store or something and come back. And if somebody has tried to leave a message for me, they can't. All they hear is and whistles and, and screechy noises. They cannot leave a message. So even if I shut down my computer and leave my modem on, it does the same thing, makes all kinds of weird sounds. When you're When you're talking about leaving you a message, are you talking about like on your answering machine? Yes, sir. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that you are running CenturyLink with a DSL, correct? Well, I you know I don't know about that. I have no, I have Comcast uh, high speed internet. Well, that makes no sense to me with your. Well, do you have your phone through uh, Comcast as well, Jerry? Or you? No, no, sir. I have it through uh, CenturyLink. Wow. Yeah, that's uh. Th- this is this is an anomaly. Um, if you had a if you had DSL internet, I would be telling you that you need filters uh, put on that that plug that goes to your answering machine. But if you're not running DSL, uh, give me a call next week. Let's make sure you aren't paying for double internet. Well, here's the thing, um, Jerry. Uh, when they come out, for instance, with CenturyLink, this goes back years when they came and put DSL in. They went around and put filters on oh, all yeah. the phones, and I still have a. I still have a landline. Oh, sure. You know, because they throw it in for a few bucks a month. Why not? Um, but, yeah, you're right. There are filters. So if you have CenturyLink and you're getting weird things in your phone, that's probably it. But if he has Comcast and CenturyLink phone service, the, there well, should be something going on there. Yeah, and not to get too lengthy on air, but that's kind of why I want to speak to him. If, perchance, he's got Prism TV, that that actually is coming in. Via the the telephone lines. Oh yeah, and and I and I'm not certain of the complete topology that's needed for those filters. If that's the case, we need to figure out his whole network thing to figure out what's going on. I don't think this has anything to do with your computer or Comcast. This is, and I can guarantee 
CenturyLink is going to want to know about this, and they will correct it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so if, if I can help you, feel free to give me a jingle. All right, uh, quick break. Uh, William and Brew is waiting on the phone lines, and we have a number of texts as well. Tech Talk, Saturdays between 1 and 2 o'clock here on the CCO. It is 138, 22 minutes now in front of 2 o'clock here at CCO Tech Talk, Saturdays here on CCO Radio. And we have a number of calls and texts. Let's get to the uh, uh, phone lines here first. William's been waiting a while. William, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Hi, William. Thank you guys for being there. You are so much help. It's unbelievable. Thank you. What can we do for you? The question that I have is uh, what are you currently recommending? And maybe I've missed this over the last few weeks for free virus protection. I have Linux, so I don't have to worry about it on my uh, home desktop. But on others, uh, I have to find something besides Norton because Linux will not communicate with my printer. Uh, you shouldn't have any problem talking to that printer in Linux. And with Linux, you're not going to require any antivirus. Uh, there's a virus cleaner you can get from Linux called Clam, AV, like clam in the ocean. Uh, if you're running Windows, Windows 10, I tell people straight out, as long as you got a clean system going in and you fire up and make sure that Windows Defender is operational, which even if it isn't displayed down in the tray area, if you go under your control panel, you will see Windows Defender, or if you're running the normal Windows 10 screen, in the search box, just type in Windows space Defender and make sure it's up to date, is doing a great job. If you're running Windows 8 or Windows 7, I'm going to highly recommend that you use Bitdefender. And you can download that for free. Just uh, go to a Google search box, type in Bitdefender space Major Geeks, and download it right from the Major Geeks file depository. That's my recommendation, and thank you for the call. All right, so remember Bitdefender for Windows 7 and Windows 8. You yep. should be in good shape. Absolutely. Um, let's go to Bruce in Bloomington. Bruce, you're on the air. Hello. Well, good afternoon, guys. Hi, Bruce. What's up? I say, Doug, I, I put Linux Lite on an old notebook computer I have. Good for you. And and I keep getting this pop-up message when I'm in Firefox or other browsers that I have an outdated Adobe Flash Player. And normally in Windows, I would know how to do an update, but somehow it's a different, appears to be a different situation. Yeah, this is, this is one area where we got to get our hands a little bit dirty in Linux. Uh, give me a call early morning next week. I'll connect up to your computer remotely, and I will add a command using the Linux terminal window that will automatically take care of that. Let me explain. Several years ago, Flash became, oh, how do I say this? It, it was actually penetrated by hackers. At that time, a lot of the browsers just closed it out completely. First of all, let me say that for many, many years, several decades, in fact, Adobe did a wonderful job protecting that product. Once it became vulnerable, many pieces of software in operating systems, Windows and Linux and Mac alike, shut down the use of parts of Flash. So to update Flash, if you need it, I'll have to add a command line. And you'll still be safe, but I'll show you how to keep an eye on it. And thank you for the call, and I'll talk to you next week. All right, very good. Uh, Flash, big picture, though. 
I mean, it's one of those where uh, a lot of a lot of websites still use it, et yeah. cetera. I mean, it's if you can if you can avoid using it, by all means, avoid it. Nearly all websites that are incorporated with Flash will display the content using an up-to-date version of Google Chrome, Google Chromium, or Firefox. If you're running Windows, Windows Edge browser has no problem at all with Flash. If you're in Windows Explorer, in Windows 7, Windows 8, this can cause some issues. Now, in his Linux Lite, he actually added Flash as a part of his operating system. Now we've got to keep it up to date, and that's what he's struggling with. And that's not a problem. We'll get it. By the way, Steve, the same thing kind of took place with Java. Oh, sure. Yeah, so it's um, this, is, this is not new. Um, again, I want it perfectly clear that I have all the respect in the world for the job that Adobe has done over the decades to protect their products. It was highly unfortunate when they finally became vulnerable. And it took somebody a lot of work to get there. Yeah. It didn't happen overnight. But um, I can't say enough good things about Adobe, and that's my personal opinion. I admit to my bias. All right. Uh, phone number is 651-989-9226. We have phone lines open right now. If you want to get in and talk to Doug here on Tech Talk, we have some time left in the program today, but we better get over to that text line at 81807. And here's what we've got on our screen. Um Microsoft Security Essentials. Your thoughts on that? You know, I, you and I for several years talked about Security Essentials in Windows 7, and it really kind of was the gold standard for quite a while. I, I lost confidence in it right about the time 10 was taken off. I, I don't know if Microsoft was having difficulty keeping up with all of it, uh, but once when, once Security Essentials changed to Windows Defender, it's almost like they get different updates. Now, with that said, I've had several Windows 7 machines at my place come in for repair and tune-up and whatnot that were running Security Essentials, and they were clean as a whistle. Everything was fine. But once something happens, I have this thing in my subconscious mind. If I see a problem on four or five computers in a row, it's like I shift gears. There's just too many computers out there to worry about, so... I would go ahead and do Windows Defender in addition to Security Essentials on any machine that you're running that with right now. All right, uh, we got one from the text line a little while ago. We apologize we didn't get it to it sooner. Is there a way to transfer the C drive to another motherboard without erasing all the data and using it as the C drive of a new computer? Just If the motherboard is identical, you shouldn't have a problem. If it's a different motherboard and different processor, a di- different uh, specs, um, you may need to start Windows. If it's Windows 7, you may need to start it up with safe mode and give it a try. Make absolutely certain you've got all of your data saved. That you, you run the risk of crashing that program via Windows security. It's possible but it's not recommended. Um, if you want to give me a call next week or shoot me an email, I can actually do some steps that may actually help. All right. 
Um, how about this one? An old XP machine has been converted to Linux. That's good news. You bet. But uh, can I go out and buy a new uh, solid state drive? Oh, sure. Absolutely. And in fact, will, will it work? Oh, absolutely. Um, one thing I got to talk about when we talk about solid state drives, Steve, if, if you have an ancient computer, and when I say an ancient computer, I'm talking about a motherboard that the bus speed is ATA 66 or ATA 100. Your SSD drive, if you put an SSD drive in a, on a motherboard that doesn't allow the rate of transfer, it, it really isn't going to, you're not going to see and experience what you would hope to, to have. Now, if you got a computer that's 5, 6, 8, 10 years old and it's got a good transfer rate on the motherboard, that thing's going to be four times the speed. In addition to that, some of these people who have old XP machines have IDE technology or PADA technology on their drives. An SSD drive is SATA, S-A-T-A. Make absolutely certain that you're using compatible drives. Other than that, absolutely. Rock and roll. Let the good times roll. All right. Uh, here's another one I, I heard from a guy who was looking for a new computer early in the week at my other job, and um, I wanted to bring it up to you today. Sure. He was wondering, and I recommended he should, but I, I want to get your thoughts on it. He said, if I'm buying a new computer, should I absolutely max out the RAM right up front? Uh, you know, nine times out of ten, I'm going to say yes. Okay. Uh, now, with that said, some of the new computers are capable of 32 gigs. Okay. You're, you're never going to need that much. If you're running 8, you're going to be fine. If you're running 16, all the better. I don't know for a home computer or even a business computer if I would ever recommend above 16. Now, with that said, depending on the price of the memory, you might want to just let the good times roll. All operating systems today that are 64-bit just stretch right out, and they just become extremely robust the more memory you give them and that's linux max windows machines it doesn't matter this is just a fact of life in computers and, and random access memory is cheap and if you have an older computer that's maybe bogged down a little bit um you, you certainly would want to max out an older machine if you can and what, what's that website again that people can go and, and find ram if they're having trouble perfect uh crucial c-r-u-c-i-a-l crucial memory um, almost all of their RAM is manufactured in the States. Now they've gotten so big that they have to ship some of it out. But even if it's coming from Taiwan or China, they have U.S. inspectors at the end of the line double-checking and triple-checking the quality on every stick that comes off. Highly recommend Crucial Memory. Crucial has this tool. You go to their website, and you can either select your manufacturer, make, model, and put it in, or... If you don't know, you can actually download a tool, and that tool will scan your computer and tell you exactly what motherboard you have and what you can do with it. Interesting thing, fact about random access memory. Supply and demand prices, supply and demand when it comes to RAM is on steroids. When there's lots of these computers on the market and there's lots of memory, the price of this just drops right down through the floor. Now, as that RAM starts to dwindle, 
and the computers are 8, 9, 10 years old, that price of RAM can skyrocket overnight. Mm. Seriously, watch your dollars. I don't recommend purchasing memory on eBay unless you know your vendor. I don't recommend buying it on Amazon, although both eBay and Amazon have protections for buyers, but you're going to have a loss of time. Um, Once you figure out what you need for RAM at Crucial, by the way, you can run right over to Micro Center. They've got it all. Then if you need to exchange it, you're a 15-minute drive away. St. Louis Park. Can't beat them. All right. 92 degrees, breezy. A wind southwest at 23. We could have uh, severe weather tomorrow. Here in these parts, we'll keep an eye on it for you. We have more Tech Talk in a moment. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Time's a little tight. We only have a couple of minutes, so we'll get through some quick texts before we say goodbye. Of course, Tech Talk each and every Saturday between 1 and 2 o'clock. Doug's good to come in studio and visit with us for an hour. Uh, Back to Bit Defender. Uh, someone on the text line was wondering, how do you find Bitdefender? How do you spell it? Major geeks, all of that. Yeah, it's uh, B-I-T space Defender, D-E-F-E-N-D-E-R. And you can actually go to the Bitdefender website and dig down and find the free version. But they're going to kind of influence your clicking to get you to buy it. And the free version, at least try it for a while. I do encourage people to buy the product once they see what it is and they're happy with it. But for me... I'm usually in a hurry, and I ain't got time to screw around them screens. I open up a Google search box, google.com. In the search box, I type in B-I-T space, Defender, space, Major Geeks, M-A-J-O-R-G-E-E-K-S. Major Geeks is a file depository, and once you click on Bitdefender at Major Geeks, should be the first or the second search result. You're going to go right to a page, and it's going to give you three links where you can download Bitdefender, and it just sends you the file automatic. It's instant, and it's fast. You don't have to worry about that file being infected um, because it's clean coming off Major Geeks, and Major Geeks also gives you a, a direct link right straight to the manufacturer, which also is fast and clean. So that's, that's your best way to get it, and thank you for the text. All right, we've got to run. Time is tight. We have the news and weather at 2, Doug. How do people reach you? Thank you. Uh, telephone 651-552-9543, and, of course, WCCOTech.com, WCCOTECH.com, 651-552-9543. Have a good one. Thanks. All right, there he is, Doug Swinhart and Tech Talk. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.